The GameStop saga continues as we go through and certain applications temporarily restrict you from being able to buy stock through them. So we will talk just a bit about that in other news. AOC and Ted Cruz clash as the theatrics over the Capitol Hill riot continue to go on and I continue to believe that this was all staged just in order to make sure that the plebs don't get to have their freedom anymore. In other news... California may be looking to outsource their vaccine rollout because, well, government sucks at everything. We've known that for quite a while here, and the first private crew could be going to the International Space Station, but with a price tag that most of us will never be able to afford. I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Contemporary. My name is Jay Edgar. We have got a bunch of stuff to get to today because the Robin Hood thing, it's not the only thing in the news right now. And they are trying to jam some other stuff through while you're all distracted with whether or not the government's going to bail out the big investors. So we will talk about whether or not the government's going to bail out the, uh, the big investors here coming up. But as always, we've got a bunch of other stuff to get to, and there's a bunch of stuff going on in the background. Now, normally right now, I would tell you, head on over to freedomscoop.com and go and check out all of our creators over there. But, big announcement coming up here. As you can see on the screen, coming soon, we're getting a new Freedom Scoop. We're getting a ground-up rebuild currently. Jake, who most of you may have seen from Ed's World, and other Freedom Scoop programs as well. Went through last night and completely wiped out everything off the server, and he's building it up brand new from scratch. So, hopefully at this point, we will get everybody pulled in, in a decent manner, in order, so you can guys, uh, guys can all go through and see that. We've got a web developer and an IT guy that are on deck, to ready to help us to work and help us implement text articles. Possibly down the road, an RSS feed, so we can get all of our audio coming up at once. That's going to be something new coming down the pipe in the next year, hopefully. If we can get everything through that and ready to go. Plus, we'll have merch, links to support your favorite creators, and a whole bunch more. Looking forward to everything that's going to be coming out of this, but continue to follow everybody who transmits on the Freedom Scoop group. That is the Generational Gap, the Freckles and Brit Show, the R-Rated Conservative, the Daily Ignoramus, and the Breakdown with Birkenhoff. Once we're back up, come on over, pick up some of our swag, and help us support great creators. All right. As far as the Dow goes, the Dow was actually up all day yesterday, but uh, according to just the headline from IBD, which we haven't even read yet, it looks like that's going away in a hurry, too, because people are starting to realize that they're not beholden to what the investors have to say and what the investors say that the economy is, which I'm fairly excited for. We are going to continue to track the Dow, no doubt. But looking forward with hopeful optimism that the Dow does not reflect what the economy is, rather what the investors hope that we believe the economy is. So we'll continue to watch that. It'll be a good reflection on how everything is going here. Let me get the live chat up for you guys. Looking at the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin took another sharp turn up yesterday. 37, 337.30 in U.S. dollars is what your Bitcoin is at now. So I'm starting to think that people are starting to not trust 
the U.S. currency, which is probably a good thing. I mean, would you at this point? We were just given great, great evidence that they can manipulate the currency whenever they want and however they want here to go and help their big billionaire business buddies, and we'll talk about that. So, I don't know. I would be... I'm actually looking for a way out of fiat currency right now. Now, as Ron Helton over there says, if you can't melt it or smelt it, or I don't know uh, how he puts it, but uh, he would rather have physical stuff, and I understand that, but a way to trade across the country in a moment and still not be tied to the U.S. economy is going to be a good way to do it still. It's going to be a good backup anyway. By the way, just a reminder... If you are lurking today, make sure you get at least one message in. So, I can thank you personally. We've had some busy days this week here. If you can see in my little notebook, everybody who's going to get a special thank you today, even the detractors coming up here. And we're also over on Trovo, so if you want to go over on Trovo and get a message in there. It's not going to come in with a main chat with everybody else, but I can still see it over here. And I'll st uh, still give you a special thank you at the end of the week here. And I've got the Trovo people marked up separately as well, so... Come on over there and check that out, trovo.com slash jedgar101. It's going to be your link over there. Let's see what the investors have to say. Dow Jones futures tumble on J&J &J vaccine news, GME stock, Apple chip maker, and Novavax soar. I don't think it's just Johnson & Johnson's vaccine news. I'm pretty sure that now that everyone knows they can manipulate the currency and the government's going to try and help but not going to do a very good job of it i think that's going to play a little bit into this too but let's see what ed carson has to say dow jones futures fell friday morning along with s p 500 futures and nasdaq futures back near morning lows the stock market rally rebounded thursday after wednesday's sell-off but gave up much of its strong intraday gains as apple faded into the close novavax moderna gamestop and amc stock were big movers in pre-market along with apple chip makers Oh yeah, I'm sure GameStop and AMC were big movers. Microsoft, Alphabet, and ServiceNow moved to buy areas, but Apple stock retreated below its buy point. Following store, uh, strong earnings, all but Google stock due next Tuesday have quarterly results out of the way. Meanwhile, Reddit-fueled GameStop, AMC Entertainment, Express, and Cost plunged Thursday amid massive intraday swings. Robinhood joined other brokerages in restricting access to GME stock, AMC stock, and some other short squeezes. But GME, AMC, and others roared back overnight as Robinhood said it would allow limited buys of the affected securities. The Novavax coronavirus vaccine was just over 89% effective at a late-stage trial. The biotech said last Thursday, That's slightly less than the roughly 95% mark set by the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, but the Novavax details were more encouraging. Novavax skyrocketed, signaling a breakout. Early Friday, Johnson & Johnson said its one-shot coronavirus vaccine was 72% effective in the U.S., but less so in other parts of the world. Johnson & Johnson stock fell solidly early Friday. Yeah, 72% at keeping you from dying, while your own immune system is 99% effective at keeping you from dying. Visa, Atlassian, Skyworks, and Western Digital all beat views after the close. WDC stock looks like it will clear a short consolidation. Skyworks surged on its results, also lifting fellow Apple iPhone chipmakers Corvo and Qualcomm, which report next week. 
Caterpillar edged higher early Friday on its earnings report, close to an aggressive entry. Apple, Microsoft, and Now stock are on the IBD leaderboard. Microsoft stock and ServiceNow are on the IBD long-term leaders list. ServiceNow is also on the IBD 50. On the futures, Dow futures fell almost 1% versus fair value. S&P 500 futures lost 0.8%. NASDAQ 100 futures retreated 0.85%. Futures fell back again on the Johnson Johnson vaccine news. Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Tesla all fell about 1% in the pre-market. While Johnson & Johnson stock hit the Dow. Bitcoin surged more than 10% as Tesla CEO Elon Musk rather added Bitcoin to his Twitter profile. Remember, overnight action in Dow futures and elsewhere doesn't necessarily translate into actual trading in the next regular stock market session. From CNBC, Dow jumps 300 points as the market stages a strong comeback from the biggest sell-off in three months. From Yoon Lee, <clears throat> excuse me. U.S. stocks jumped on Thursday, roaring back from a sharp sell-off on the Wall Street that saw the S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average suffer their worst drop in three months. The S&P 500 rose 0.98% while the chip, blue chip Dow gained 300.19 points, or 0.99%, boosted by Disney, Intel, and American Express. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite climbed 0.5%. All 11 S&P 500 sectors closed in the green amid the broad market rally. Financials and materials cyclical sectors sensitive to an economic recovery jumped 1.9% and 1.8% respectively. Industrials and healthcare also led the strong gains. The market suffered steep declines in the previous session, with the S&P 500 and the Dow posting their biggest one-day decline since October as the speculative buying frenzy in heavily shorted stocks kept investors on edge. Some feared that hedge funds being squeezed could be forced to reduce their equity holdings to raise cash. Oh yeah, that's coming. Others called it a sign of a bubble forming in the market. These stocks, including brick-and-mortar video game retailer GameStop and AMC Entertainment, dropped sharply Thursday after brokerage firms like Interactive Brokers and Robinhood took steps to restrict transactions in the heavily shorted names. The bullish backdrop for stocks is strong, intact, and so much bigger than GME. Then why have you had a drop-off every day since GME started until they restricted the sale? And when the latter stops going up, the former will stop going down. Rich Ross, a technical analyst at Evercore ISI, sent a note. So, that's what's happening up. We'll go into what's going on with uh, GME in just a second here. But that's what's going on in the regular things. Uh, American Airlines is another one that's possibly going to be coming up here. And we'll talk just a bit about that too. So, let's get into the news for the day. Starting with the big change right before I went live. Iowa NCAP tweets, Cowabunga it is because GME, AMC, and COS are no longer restricted. You can go out and buy them once again, which at GME, I don't know why you would buy it now, except to try and screw the hedge funds a little bit further, but I mean, most people have made their money off of it at this point. But once you're ready to go, they're ready to go back in. All right, from Bice. Robinhood stops users from trading GameStop stocks. Other Reddit YOLO picks. From Jordan Pearson. Robinhood, the free investment app that has helped Redditors and other retail investors pump dark horse stocks like GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, and Nokia has stopped allowing users to buy those stocks and other YOLO picks. 
According to screenshots shared on social media on Thursday morning, a notification appeared on Robinhood telling users they could close their positions on GameStop stock but could not buy any additional shares. Redditors are currently panicking, looking for ways to transfer their shares of GameStop off of Robinhood to other platforms, and are generally furious at the platform. In a blog post, Robinhood confirmed that it has placed restrictions on several stocks due to volatility. We continue to monitor the markets and make changes where necessary. In light of recent volatility, we are restricting transactions for certain securities to position... Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. For certain securities and positions closing only, including AMC, BB, BBBY, Express, GME, COS, NAKD, and NOK, probably Nokia. We also raised margin requirements for certain securities, the blog post read. Robinhood did not respond to our request for comment. Motherboard was unable to place the orders to purchase shares or fractional shares of GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, or Nokia in pre-market trading on the Robinhood app. We were able to buy a stock we picked randomly, something called SRNE, with no problem. This stock is not supported on Robinhood, the message reads, when we tried to purchase GME. Searches for GameStop and GME on the app itself no longer return any results. So, yeah, they're coming down, and... I mean, this is theft at this point. You're putting the money in with the hopes to buy in on something that is actually skyrocketing, something people could actually come up and make money off of, and they're coming out and restricting it. Now, a lot of this has gone even further as we look into this. I know that certain apps have come out and said, well, if we find any mention of a stock that's going to be the next one that's being short-squeezed on any social media, we're just going to shut it down. Which... That's probably not the announcement that you want to make because, I mean, if you really want to shut the markets down, we've all got Twitter, except for Ron. We've all got Discord. We've all got access to Reddit at this point. I'm pretty sure that nobody on my uh, on my live chat list has been banned from Reddit yet. It's probably going to happen at some point here in the near future, but I'm pretty sure nobody's been banned from Reddit yet. Do you know how easy it would be to manipulate the markets at this point, given the fact that that's what they're saying they're going to do? You can find every stock and come out and mention it out on social media. And, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we got to shut that one down because people might try to stock, uh, stock squeeze it and buy into it, and they might wreck the markets. What do we do? So, the investors are running scared right now. And there's some other news that, uh, that are going along with this. Now, as we just saw with the tweet that came before this, Robinhood has seen the error of their ways, and they've opened trading back up to all of the affected stocks. But, I mean, what's going to be the next one here? And, my God, I can't believe that it was Reddit that did this. I don't know what I'm more in disbelief for. The fact that there weren't safeguards in place to make sure that something like this didn't happen, especially with all the money that the elites have that there wasn't some sort of safeguard in place to prevent this. Or, and this is the more important part, that it was fucking Reddit that did it. These people who usually come out to go suck on the government teeth. Now, 4chan? 4chan I could understand. But Reddit? Really? But, I mean, we've all got a first-class education on how Wall Street works and how everything goes along with that. So I hope you guys enjoyed that because that all came for free at this point.
let's keep going. And here's another image that uh, Elaine retweeted out from Brian Nichols showing where you couldn't. Important information about your Robinhood account in light of recent activity or volatility we're restricting to the transactions and we're sorry this order can't be canceled as we placed it to mitigate the risk to your account. So yeah, they're, they're forcing people to sell the stocks at this point. And yeah, that's that's illegal. That's against the law. That's theft. Something definitely worth looking into to see. And with that, we read on to the Hill. Class action lawsuit filed against Robinhood for restricting trading. From Chris Mills Rodrigo. The stock trading app Robinhood was hit with a class action lawsuit Thursday, almost immediately after restricting the trading of stocks popularized by a Reddit forum. The suit, filed in the Southern District of New York, which claims that the day trading app purposefully, willfully, and knowingly removed the stock GME from its trading platform in the midst of an unprecedented stock rise, therefore, uh, thereby rather deprived retail investors of the ability to invest in the open market and manipulating the open market. Under the limits announced by Robinhood, users will be able to close out existing trades but won't be able to acquire new shares of stocks and companies, including GameStop, AMC, and BlackBerry. More traditional trading platforms like Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade had moved to restrict the shares driven up by users on Wall Street bets earlier this week. The Hill has reached out to the Robin Hood for comment on the lawsuit. Beyond the legal challenge, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle have criticized the app. Yeah, well, they should get sued. They really should because that you're... Just as the suit says, you're eliminating the ability for people to capitalize on something that is a hot market right now, which means you are manipulating the market. And the fact that people can't go in and buy more, even if they put money into the application to go out and buy more, excuse me, that's theft. That is 100% theft. Did you see Shapiro's tweet about this? Because he's out there saying, well, okay, yay. none of this is a casino. Everyone's trying to tell you it's a casino, but... Excuse me, for one second here. Alright, apologize for the brief unprofessionality there. Let's get this loaded back up here. Now, Shapiro was out uh, yesterday, and he's, well, you know, the casino is not a stock market. Uh, the stock market's not a casino, gang. And, I mean, you're not supposed to be going out here and manipulating the hedge funds. And, I mean, these people are just trying to make money on a free market just the same way as the rest of you are. So, come on, gang. I mean, come on. Let's make sure that let's make sure that we're all playing nice here and stop trying to manipulate the markets. Okay, gang? Come on. Which, I'm sure Shapiro's pissed right now because I'm sure that he's one of the people who is in this massive hedge fund that just lost billions of dollars off of this here. But he's going to come out and try to defend it, too. He is not one of us, as much as a lot of people admire the guy for his ability to talk and give the news. I will admit, I will still listen to his news program and still enjoy his news program. I, I admit that I will still uh, indulge in the Daily Wire, but after yesterday, after that tweet, it became a very, 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 very hard decision to continue going along listening to Daily Wire news programs just because I know that he's out there trying to convince his followers that this is an evil and bad thing. And it's not. It's the free market coming in and trying to correct the big billionaire class that's been screwing us forever. And the best part of it is, is that the Red Rosers and the Libertarians 
and even the Republicans and Democrats have all come together. This, this, the, the, the meme that's going on right now is the fact is that Biden promised that we were going to get unity out of his presidency. By God, that by God, we are. We're getting unity out of his presidency in the fact that we all uniformly hate Joe Biden. And we can all come back together now, work together and try to take down the elite establishment class. We're more unified than ever at this point. It is us against them, and we're, a lot of us are starting to see that. Now, we all have different ideas of outcomes for this, but we're all starting to realize it's us against them. It's us, the little people, the peons against the government elite establishment that just wants your tax dollars to get rich off of. So, that's what we're seeing from that. Let's keep going. From Reuters. Hedge fund Melvin Capital has closed GameStop position. Spokesman from Reuters staff. Hedge fund Melvin Capital Management, which has suffered heavy losses by betting against video game retailer GameStop, has closed out the position and repositioned the portfolio, a spokesman for the firm said on Wednesday. Melvin Capital has repositioned our portfolio over the past few days. We have closed out our position at GME, the spokesman said in a statement. So now they're crawling off into the corner and licking their wounds. The spokesman also said that the firm, once among Wall Street's best performers, is not collapsing. The social media posts about Mellon Capital going bankrupt are categorically false, he said. Earlier this week, prominent head funds Citadel and Point72 Asset Management extended a $2.75 billion financial lifeline to the fund. People familiar with the fund said it lost almost 30% in the first three weeks of January. Good. Good. GameStop closed up 92.71% on Tuesday at 147.98 and is trading 65% before the opening on Wednesday. Now, there are also rumors going around, and I've not been able to uh, corroborate them, that one of the hedge funds has gone completely bankrupt, which, good. Now, of course, the questions are also being asked at this point. What do we do? What happens when the government comes back and bails out the hedge fund? Which they're most likely going to do on the taxpayer dime. And one of the first things that I said when that uh, question was arisen was, well, it's going to be the same thing it always is. Another news story is going to come up to get you even more outraged. You're going to forget about the GameStop thing. And the government's going to do what the government's going to do. The Federal Apprentice rolls on and the writers will find something new to get you outraged about. But yes, if one of them did go under, that's good. Now, of course, it's it's a big business, so bankruptcy doesn't mean they're going under. It's not like when you and I go bankrupt. That just means that they get to restructure and come back out and try again and make even more money on the government's dime, essentially. So we'll see what happens with that. From Fox News, <clears throat> Yellen receives 800 grand from hedge fund in GameStop controversy. White House doesn't co uh, commit to recusal. From Sam Dorman, newly confirmed Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen received about $810,000 in speaking fees from the hedge fund that bailed out one of the primary losers in the recent GameStop frenzy. Yellen's financial disclosures show her making $337,500 for multiple days in October of 2020 from Citadel. 
She similarly banked 292500 in October of 2019 and 180000 in December of that year. The Senate confirmed Yellen on Monday, making, the first, uh, making her the first female secretary of the department. She previously chaired the Federal Reserve after an appointment by former President Barack Hussein O. Both Citadel and Point72 infused almost $3 billion into Melvin Capital, which saw massive losses after betting against the video game retailer GameStop. The White House said on Wednesday that Yellen was monitoring the situation. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked Thursday during the daily briefing whether Yellen should recuse herself from advising the president on GameStop. Psaki did not commit one way or the other. Well, yeah, she, actually, she absolutely fucking should. But she's not going to. Because this administration doesn't have to. Now, once again, as I always say, switch the parties. If this was Trump's... Um, what is she again? Uh, Secretary of the Department? If this was Trump's secretary, imagine the outrage. This would be wall-to-wall CNN. You wouldn't see anything else on the front page of CNN if this was Trump's treasury secretary. You know it as well as I do. This would be wall-to-wall. There would be demands for resignment. Not recusal, resignment. There would be demands that Trump's secretary of the treasury be drug out and tarred and feathered in the streets, but because it's, you know, old grandpa and Sleepy Joe and return to normalcy and all this and that. Now, oh, no, no, just don't worry about this. And I hope the rest of the people see what's happening from this. All right, let's keep going from the New York Post. White House, shouldn't be a surprise, Janet Yellen paid by firm and GameStop struggle. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Thursday it shouldn't be a surprise that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was paid to speak to Wall Street, including a hedge fund involved in GameStop populist investing struggle. Uh, looks like a lot of this is the same information we just read. The firm reportedly infused $2 billion into uh, Melvin Capital Management. Yeah, we saw that already. Uh, yeah, this is a lot the same here, so we're going to skip this one. Let's keep going. What could possibly be the biggest meme on top of all this? More social media populist investing advice here. From Markets Insider, Dogecoin, a digital token that started as a joke, spikes 140% after traders in a crypto-themed Reddit forum trigger Wall Street bets copycat rally. From Shalini Nagarajan, the short squeeze mania around Reddit-fueled stocks has extended to the cryptocurrency world specifically for the digital asset based on the popular Doge meme, Dogecoin. Dogecoin surged as much as 140% to uh, 17.6 cents on Thursday, according to the data from the trading tracker TradingView. The coin hasn't received as much love as its rivals in the cryptoverse, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Emulating the same frenzy set off by our Wall Street bets, traders, users in a forum called Satoshi Street Bets, promoting or promoted rather the cryptocurrency in an attempt to replicate the astonishing gains for GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, Bed Bath and Beyond, and other highly shorted stocks. The crypto forums users made reference to the GameStop saga blown up by the WSB subreddit. Urging people to buy into Dogecoin, several posts like Dogecoin was and always will be the first name uh, meme stock before GME. In Doge We Trust, All In can be seen on the discussion thread. 
People on Twitter were also calling on billionaire Elon Musk to tweet about Dogecoin, hoping it would help fuel the intended rally for the uh, digital token. Just a day earlier, Musk's GameStongs tweet helped share, uh, shares in GameStop soar 157% uh, higher. Musk has, in fact, tweeted about Dogecoin in a number of times previously and said it just might be his favorite cryptocurrency. His last tweet on the coin was about a month ago when he simply said one word, Doge. The cryptocurrency's latest spike is similar to that uh, seen last year when a viral TikTok video attracted half a million views, pushing its price higher by 35% in two days. Dogecoin's market cap is around $2.1 billion, placing it at the 25th highest among cryptocurrencies, according to data from CoinGecko. I actually might just get in a little bit into Dogecoin just to see what happens. I mean, at 17.6 cents, if I buy 20 bucks in it and it takes off, then I got a little bit of cash in hand. And if I buy 20 bucks in it and it tanks, well, I'm out 20 bucks. I've done a lot more humiliating things for 20 bucks in my life. So we'll see what happens with that. From the Hill. White House, relief bill could get GOP votes via reconciliation, so now it's time to look at all the other things that they're trying to cram through while you're all paying attention to GameStop and Dogecoin. From Brett uh, Samuels, the White House on Thursday signaled it could throw its weight behind passing President Biden's coronavirus relief package via the budget reconciliation process, arguing that doing so would not preclude the vote from being bipartisan. Administration officials have been peppered with questions in recent days about whether Biden would support reconciliation, which would allow the bill to pass with a simple majority in each chamber as Republican senators express opposition to key parts of the president's $1.9 trillion measure. Passing the legislation without reconciliation would require support from at least 10 Senate Republicans because they can't bust the fucking filibuster. The president wants this to be a bipartisan package regardless of the mechanisms. Republicans can still vote for a package even if it goes through reconciliation. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said during a briefing with reporters, There's no blood oath anyone signs. They're able to support it regardless. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think it's a good idea, then it shouldn't matter what your party is. If you think it's a good idea, and it will help the people of your constituency, then yes, by all means, go on and sign on to it. But if you think it's bloated, full of shit, like most of the government, and all it's going to do is help bail out billionaire buddies to the government, like most things that come out of the government, then no, you shouldn't sign on to it if that's what you think about it. It shouldn't be about your party. It should be about what happens and what's best for your constituents. Plain and simple, but that's not how the government works anymore. Uh... Pasaki would not speculate on whether Biden would back a bill that passes with no Republican support, given his frequent calls for unity. Yeah, that's what's going to happen with Biden's frequent calls to unity, I hate to tell you. But said the president is having regular conversations with members of both parties to get the bill passed. Which means he's sitting in a room with people from both parties sitting there glassy-eyed trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And he says, as he sits and says, Come on, man! Hey! 
Hey, look. All right. I used to love going to the pool in the summer, okay? It was a fun time, except when I ran into Corn Pop, that guy in the back, and he was a bad dude, okay? But I, I learned about roaches at some point. That's what's happening when he's meeting with members of both parties. So, let's see what else we have on this one here. From Yahoo knows, Pelosi signals support for reconciliation bill to pass coronavirus relief without Republicans. From Catherine Krawcheck. Uh, and we're going to be seeing a lot of this coming up in the next few years because they've got the simple majority and now they're going to do whatever it takes to get it to jam their uh, radical agenda through. That's just what it's going to be. Congressional Democrats are preparing to leave Republicans behind as they push forward with another COVID-19 relief bill. Do it. Do it. Abuse the simple majority that you have and watch how fast you fucking lose it. With a 50-50 party split in the Senate, Congressional Democrats have spent the past week discussing using a budget reconciliation bill to pass their COVID-19 relief with just a simple majority. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi affirmed in a Thursday press conference that Democrats would pass the uh, reconciliation if we need it. But some centrist Republicans reportedly aren't thrilled. Of course they're not. As Punchbowl News reported Thursday morning, there's frustration on the Republican side of the so-called Sweet 16 of bipartisan centrist senators. With this plan, these centrists, namely Collins, Murkowski, and Portman, say Democrats are moving way too quickly towards budget reconciliation, which they take as a signal Democrats have no interest in the GOP's support. No. Because they're trying to push the government into, we can do whatever the fuck we want with a simple majority. At that point, you don't even need a Senate. There's a reason we have bicameral legislators. Murkowski publicly said that Wednesday that it would be wise for President Biden to uh, work to try and get a bipartisan proposal, especially given his Inauguration Day comments regarding unity and working together. But as Democrats see it, there's no time to waste. COVID-19 continues to spread rampantly across the U.S. No, nobody remembers that anymore. Vaccine distribution is lagging and millions of Americans are still out of work. There's also a slim chance Republicans will agree to more than a $500 billion relief bill, while uh, Biden is pushing for a $1.9 trillion package and soon-to-be Budget Committee Chair Bernie Sanders wants to toss a $15 an hour minimum wage into the mix. Yep, they're going to crack down everything that they can on this here. And this one's going to be loaded with pork, too, on top of it. Just keep that in mind. They're already throwing one big one of their pet projects in there. I, I think that everybody should get fifteen dollars an hour at minimum wage because think of think of all the pudding cups that they can get for that. So that's what we're seeing up out of the government. From the Daily Wire, Biden allies trash New York Times over editorial telling president to ease up on executive actions. From Tim Pierce. No, goddammit, there's a Democrat in office. Now you have to sit back and kiss the government's ass again. You can't be critical of the government. Uh, from Tim Pierce. President Biden's allies, inside and outside the administration, are hitting back at the New York Times, a former newspaper, over a Wednesday editorial calling on him to work with Congress. The Times editorial board knocked Biden for pushing his agenda through dozens of executive actions in the days following his inauguration rather than wheeling and dealing with lawmakers in Congress. The Times pointed out that 
everything Biden does solely through executive authority, can be undone by the next person who sits in the Oval Office. Well, technically no, because Kamala Harris isn't going to undo anything that Grandpa Joe did. The editorial board, in a piece titled Ease Up on the Executive Actions Joe, writes, But this is no way to make law. A polarized, narrowly divided Congress may offer Mr. Biden little choice but to employ executive actions or see his entire agenda held hostage. These directives, however, are a flawed substitute for legislation. They are intended to provide guidance to the government and need to work within the discretion granted by, or granted the executive by existing law or the Constitution. They do not create new law. Though executive orders carry the force of law, and they're not meant to serve as an end run around the will of Congress. Okay, I got it. I just, I know that I just got done ragging on Shapiro, but I call balls and strikes on everybody here. And I've got to give Shapiro credit here. A couple days ago, he was talking about the executive order thing. And he brought up a very, very good point about the executive orders and what they were intended to do. And... You know, like I say, as a guy who's trying to give news to the everyman, I don't trust him. But as a Harvard-educated uh, lawyer, I actually do have a lot of faith in what it is that he has to say. Because, you know, that's that's his wheelhouse. That's what he knows. And he pointed out the fact that the executive order wasn't intended to be the be-all, end-all that it is today. It's not supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be how you make legislation when Congress is divided as it is. Now, of course, that's been back afforded to the executive through various congressional acts. But what the executive order was supposed to be, and I'm, I'm actually going to use the same anecdote that Shapiro used because it's it's very apt. So in, in Shapiro's little anecdote, his wife is the legislator, or legislature rather, and he's the executive. So the legislature passes the law. His wife comes out and says, okay, honey, go and clean up the kitchen. That's the legislation. Now, the executive order, which is what Shapiro would be doing, would be, how do I execute this law? The executive, the executive order would be, use the vacuum on the floors, use the mop after the uh, vacuum, use the pine saw on the counters. That, that's what the executive order is supposed to be. The how. The legislation is supposed to make the law, and the executive is supposed to figure out how to. That's, that's what executive orders are supposed to be. Not legislation with a pen and a phone, as they've become. We, we're, not, we're not a monarchy. So, well, of course, though, the New York Times, they're not allowed to be critical of a Democrat. They're only allowed to be critical of executives who are evil and orange, and both orange and evil. So, we see what's going on with that, and... Uh, now I've given you what Shapiro said without you actually having to sit down and listen to Ben Shapiro. PayPal in the description below. Throw me a couple bucks for that. I have saved you from having to listen to Ben Shapiro's nasally fast voice. All right, let's keep going. From CNN. AOC reject crew's support over Wall Street chaos. You almost have me murdered. From Veronica... Strackwalersi. Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Thursday accused Senator Ted Cruz of trying to get me killed during the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol and called for his resignation from the Senate. 
Well, that's nothing new because she's been doing that since he came into the Senate. Well, since she came into the House because he was a senator before she was a representative. But yeah, she's been doing that since she came into the House. And probably before, but no news article, uh, news outlets were paying attention to her before that. After the Texas Republican appeared to agree with her on the need for an investigation into Robin Hood following the chaos on Wall Street. I'm happy to work with... Oh, I'm sorry. That's AOC. I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground. But you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you can sit this one out. Okay, Poppy? The New York Congresswoman wrote in a tweet directed at the Texas Senator on Thursday. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. Okay? In the meantime... If you want to help, you can resign, okay? Just just get out, Poppy. Just just be gone, okay? She continued, You haven't even apologized. You haven't even apologized for the serious physical and mental harm you contributed from to from Capitol Police and custodial workers to your own fellow members of Congress. In the meantime, you can get off my timeline and stop cloud chasing. Thanks. CNN reached out to spokespersons from both Cruz and Ocasio-Cortez on Thursday afternoon. Ocasio-Cortez's comments to Cruz came as she discussed the news Thursday that Robinhood, a trading app, restricted trades on GameStop and other highly volatile stocks, blocking retail investors from buying those stocks but allowing Wall Street to. On Twitter, she called for an investigation into Robinhood's actions and said it was unacceptable, to which Cruz replied, Fully agree, sparking the New York Congresswoman's ire. Yeah, it's an act. It's a psyop. I don't know what else you want me to tell you about this. She's got a bone and she's going to fucking run with it. Well, that's what we see from that. Let's keep going. From CBS News. Nancy Pelosi, the enemy is within the House of Representatives from Rebecca Kaplan. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Thursday that House members can pay for additional security measures with their congressional allowances and said the House would likely need to pass additional funding for members' safety because the enemy is within the House of Representatives. It shouldn't be that the only, only the President of the United States inciting an insurrection but keeps fanning the flame, endangering the security of members of Congress, to the point that they're even concerned about members of the House of Representatives being a danger to them. Asked what she meant by the enemy within, the California Democrat said, It means that we have members of Congress who want to bring guns onto the floor and have threatened violence to on other members of Congress. You mean like Hamilton and Burr? This is not unprecedented, woman. Some Republican representatives, including Andy Harris of Maryland and Lauren Boebert of Colorado, have reportedly expressed a desire or attempted to bring guns on the floor of the House chamber where they are prohibited. Pelosi ordered the installation of magnum, uh, magnetometers outside the House chamber in the wake of the January 6th assault and pledged to institute thousands of dollars in fines for members who refuse to abide by the screening. Another Republican member, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, posted a speech to Facebook in February of 2019 where she said Pelosi is guilty of treason, a crime punishable by death. 
Earlier in her press conference, the Speaker questioned the decision by Republican leadership to give Green a seat on the House Education and Labor Committee in light of Green's previous assertion that school shootings were a false flag operation. What could they be thinking, or is thinking too generous a word, about what they might be doing? It's uh, absolutely appalling, Pelosi said. The Speaker's comments came in response to a question about a request for, uh, from more than 30 members of the House of Representatives to use their congressional allowances to augment their personal safety in their home districts by airing local law enforcement or other security personnel, among other things. The letter was first obtained by CBS News. Members asked for a greater latitude in how they spend their members' representational allowance, an annual allotment set by the Committee on House Administration that provides members with the operation, uh, operating budget for staff, mail, and other office expenses to carry out their official duties. In short, Pelosi is trying to get people unseated so those seats can sit vacant and she can raise her ratio. because she's at that just about razor-thin 50-50 split, and if she can get a few people off, her percentage goes up just a little bit higher. And 30 sounds like a nice even round number. All right, let's keep going here from the blaze. Adam Schiff calls Republican leaders a dangerous cult over threats made to Democrats. Can I get some transcripts on, this, on these threats? I, I'd like to see the tweets. I'd like to see the video. I'd like to see the written transcript of anything that these people have actually said that's threatening. Other than the fact that they wanted to defend themselves because people actually breached the House chamber. Which, once again, I believe is staged, but, you know, here we are with a PSYOP going on and a 20,000-page domestic terrorism bill. From Carlos Garcia. Democratic Representative Adam Schiff of California lashed out at Republicans and called the party a dangerous cult over a report that the names of Democrat lawmakers were found on a list possessed by a man caught near the U.S. Capitol with a gun and ammunition. The 71-year-old man was arrested on Wednesday at the Capitol after he shouted at a guardsman and arrested for possessing a pistol without a license. Police said that he'd been at the protest of the Capitol and posted memes related to the QAnon conspiracy theories on his social media. Schiff used the incident to hammer away at Republican leadership on Thursday after CNN uncovered several Facebook posts from Representative Marjorie Greene calling for execution of Democratic leaders. You look at some of those members, including Representative Greene, who have threatened on social media prior to her election over members of Congress, said Schiff to Wolf Blitzer on his CNN show. You have members like her who have suggested that attacks against students, murderous attacks on high school campuses, like at Parkland, were somehow fake, fraudulent, or false flag operations, and they're being rewarded by House Minority Leader, Representative Kevin McCarthy, with assignments on the Education Committee, he continued. You know the GOP leadership is becoming a little more than a cult and a dangerous cult, said Schiff. Well, yeah, now that they don't have Trump to kick around, now they got to go to the next available person. And you knew this was going to happen, too. It's, I mean, they got news off the Trump up, and now they're trying to push McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene up into the spotlight so they still have somebody they can come out and demonize, so they can get CNN the ratings that they want. None of this. And once again, I want to see the transcripts. Show me where these people have directly threatened members of Congress. Show me. Because I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't. All right, let's keep going here from NBC News. 
U.S. Capitol needs permanent fencing around complex after deadly riot, acting chief says. From Dartonoro Clark and Casey Hunt. The acting chief of U.S. Capitol Police called for permanent fencing around the Capitol building days after she said that the department failed in its efforts to protect the sprawling complex on January 6th when pro-Trump rioters stormed the building. In light of recent events, I can unequivocally say that the vast improvements to the physical security infrastructure must be made to include permanent fencing and the availability of ready backup forces in close proximity to the Capitol, acting chief Yo Yogananda Pittman said in a statement. The move would be a striking shift from the accessibility many Americans have enjoyed over the years of visiting the grounds of the People's House, such as sitting on the front lawn of the building, accessing the trails and green spaces around the building, and field trips to the steps of the Capitol by schoolchildren. Pittman, who became acting chief after former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun resigned, and amid criticism of the department's response to the rioters, said that security experts have argued even prior to the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks that more needed to be done to protect the complex. Switch the parties. Switch the parties. Now, I understand first and foremost that this is not, this is not coming from Joe Biden. This isn't coming from Kamala Harris. This isn't coming from the Secret Service. And this isn't coming from the DNC. But switch the parties. Either way, were the Republican in the White House right now, what would they be saying? What did they say during the St. George riots when they put fencing up around the White House? Temporary fencing because there were riots going on. What did they say? Well, baby bunker, he's sitting back and he's afraid. He's afraid to death. He's sitting in the bunker and he's got to fence himself in. It's a, it's a military compound. He's using the military. He's a dictator. Look at him. He's a dictator. But once again, now that Trump is out of office, and now that it's Beijing Biden, all those shows of military force that the media were criticizing the Trump administration over, now they're just perfectly normal and perfectly acceptable. Hey, we've been talking about this since before September 11th. So why don't we just do it now? Why not? They're trying to normalize, making this in... I mean, this is the people's house. This isn't... This isn't the ruling elite's house. This is the people's house. And they will continue. They will continue on to do this. And slip more and more power into it. More and more power over. They'll continue to slip more and more. And you know what? I'm not saying to do anything right now, but I'm saying in the next four years, if there isn't some sort of revolution... I'm not going to be surprised, and I'm probably not going to shed a tear for it either. I'm not going to be participating because of the non-aggression principle. I'll be bunkering back in defending what's mine in the next four years. But I wouldn't be surprised if a lot more people try to take it to the White House. They're scared. What do you think? the Capitol Police. Oh, well, let's just put more fencing up around the White House, and let's make it permanent this time. Not just temporary, because there's, actu there's actually something going on. Let's just make a permanent fence. Let's restrict access to the area. They're, they're scared. Make no mistake. And once again, I, I said at the top of the show, Biden called for unity, and we may be unified. But it's not unity in 
It's not unity in values, in beliefs, or anything else. There seems to be a unity in unique hatred for the current administration. All right, let's keep going. From the Hill, Matt Gates takes aim at Cheney at rally in her home state. From Julie Grace Brufke. Representative Matt Gates, one of former President Trump's most ardent supporters, took aim at House Republican Conference Chairwoman Liz Cheney on her own turf Thursday holding a rally calling for her ouster. Hundreds gathered outside the Capitol in Cheyenne, where Florida Republican railed against the number three Republican in the House just one day after House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy called on members of the conference to stop attacking each other as divisions in the party become increasingly more evident in the post-Trump era. The decision from Gates, who has been a contentious relationship with Cheney, to host the rally comes as House conservatives push to remove Cheney from her leadership post after her decision to vote in favor of impeaching Trump for inciting the deadly insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. Well, if she has no confidence from her district, then yeah, she probably shouldn't be in leadership either. I'm actually okay with this. And that, for me, it has nothing to do with, well, okay, it has partially to do with the vote. But for the most part, it has nothing to do with the vote. She votes the way that she wants to. I'm not a Trump loyalist by any means or any stretch of the imagination, but... She betrayed the will of the people who put her into place, first and foremost, because they came out and expressly said, we do not want you to vote to impeach Trump. And you are only representative. She's the only representative from Wyoming, too. And the people of Wyoming said, no, don't do this. This doesn't represent our will. Now, as far as removing her from the seat, no, I wouldn't go that far. But if she's lost, if she's lost the support of the people of Wyoming, then no, she shouldn't be in leadership. Plain and simple. She doesn't do her job. She doesn't represent her district. So let her term expire. Let her go on a primary challenge and see who wins and who... I've got a feeling she's not going to win the primary challenge, but let her go on her primary challenge. And we'll see what happens in 2022. Now, a lot of people are going to forget about the impeachment vote by 2022 because we will be jammed down another 24-hour news cycle of things to be outraged every single week until 2022. So a lot of people are going to forget about this, but we will see what happens from it. All right, let's keep going. From the New York Post. Letitia James reluctantly outs Team Cuomo's nursing home horrors. Another thing that completely missed the news cycle because of the GameStop thing. From the Post Editorial Board. Attorney General Letitia James has finally and reluctantly confirmed the ugly truth that Governor Cuomo's people have long strived to conceal, but most New Yorkers suspected. The number of nursing home residents who've died from COVID-19 is much higher than Cuomo's administration claims, likely more than 50% higher. James soft-pedals criticism of her political patron and his mad mandate that sent COVID-positive patients into the state's most vulnerable population, but the facts she presents are damning enough. More, she notes the lack of evidence for Cuomo's claim that nursing home staff, not his edict, spread the deadly virus, killing thousands. James's damning 76-page report follows months of stonewalling by uh, Team Cuomo. Lawmakers from both parties have demanded the true number of nursing home resident deaths. So has the Empire Center via a Freedom Information lawsuit. 
but Cuomo and Health Commissioner Howard Zucker refused to provide the info with a series of absurd and contradictory excuses. James got data directly from 62 nursing homes. 1,914 of their residents died from COVID, uh, 56% more than the 1229 reported by the state, which refuses to count those who died after being transferred to the hospital. If that undercount provides consistent throughout the state, New York's nursing home deaths total more than 13,000, where the state tallies just 8711. This report seeks to offer transparency that the public deserves and to spur increased action to protect our most vulnerable residents, James said. But hey, you know what? What's 13,000 people if we got rid of the evil orange man, which I'm sure is what was going through the minds of both Cuomo and Letitia James? Because now Letitia James can use the uh, District of New York to go and try and prosecute President Trump. And she is actively trying to do that right now, too. Isn't it funny how that works? Isn't it funny how all that works together like that? But once again, I also need to see the citation on the number of deaths because, you know what, I'm going to be completely consistent about this. I still know the fact that a guy was riding his motorcycle without a helmet and slammed into the back of a semi-truck, busted his head out wide open, and it was counted as a COVID death. So as far as the numbers go, as always, citation needed, please. All right, let's keep going. Um, by the way, uh, you can put a link into the chat, but um, the bot will get rid of it on the Twitch side, but I can still see it, and if it's worth it, I can repost it. Because I can post it in there, but you can't. However, with the um, with the restream robot chat, I can still see it, but nobody else will be able to. So if it's worth it, I'll repost it. Ah, let's see. From the blaze. Lawyer Lynn Wood says State Bar of Georgia is requiring him to take a mental health exam to keep his law license. From Breck Dumas, pro-Trump attorney Lynn Wood said Thursday that the State Bar of Georgia has demanded he participate in the examination of his mental health in order to keep his law license. Wood, who has been an outspoken supporter of former President Donald Trump's claim that the 2020 election was stolen, has already been hit with social media bans on the loss of at least one client after a member of social media posts calling for the execution of former Vice President Mike Pence. Earlier this month, Wood has issued, uh, was issued a permanent suspension from Twitter and has had posts removed from Parler, which was later shut down entirely by Amazon over allegations that the platform did not do an adequate job of moderating posts. Well, I mean, it's free speech, so... The lawyer is now expressing his views on a London-based app Telegram, where which he told his followers in a post. I'm fighting battles on every front. The State Bar of Georgia told me today they would demand a mental health exam from me if I wanted to keep my law license. My mind is sound. I have broken no rules. I asked what I had done wrong. I was only told it was about my social media comments, my speech. I try to live a principled life. There's no basis for the bar's demand, but I am choosing my battles carefully. Okay. I know that I've got more right-leaning people here. I know I've got a lot of people who supported... Uh, Ah, uh, what the fuck was his name? Giuliani. 
supported Giuliani's push to get the election overturned in Sidney Powell, but unpopular opinion right now, I would actually probably call for the mental health examination of all three of those people before they kept their law licenses. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Just the, the demonstration that they put on for the Stop the Steal. First off, it probably killed the Stop the Steal thing completely. Giuliani got a few good jabs in, but for the most part, I mean, even he was going with this. With the hair-melting thing, Sidney Powell's the Kraken thing, Lynn Wood's thing of don't go vote in Georgia. I would definitely be recommending all three of their bar licenses get uh, at least suspended until they go in and do a cognitive test because I, I think all three of them are on decline at this point. I really do. And that's not saying that they haven't done good work. I mean, Powell with Flynn, that was excellent because that guy had no reason being in prison. Wood with both Rittenhouse and Sandman. Yeah, he did good work with them. He really did. But the stuff that happened through President Trump's uh, Stop the Steal segment, you know, that's just, I have to question it. I really do. So, that's where they sit with that. All right, from the LA Times, archived, of course, because ad blocker. Blue Shield will oversee California's troubled COVID-19 vaccine effort. From Melody Gutierrez and John Myers, following a shaky rollout of the state's COVID-19 vaccination efforts, advisors to Gavin Newsom have struck a far-reaching agreement with Blue Shield of California for the health insurance company to oversee the distribution of vaccine doses to counties, pharmacies, and private health care providers. The decision marks a sharp turn away from a more decentralized process that has been criticized for inconsistency across regions of the state and sluggishness in its efforts to vaccinate Californians. It will also mean the outsourcing of tasks that, until now, have been overseen by state and local government officials. We understand that the supply is limited. State Government Operations Secretary Yolanda Richardson on Tuesday. But we also need to address that the supply we have now needs to get administered as quickly as possible, so we're developing an approach that allows us to do just that. On Tuesday, officials announced their intent to create a statewide vaccine distribution network, but declined to identify Blue Shield until Wednesday. As the company that will be placed in charge of the program, a spokesman for the California Department of Public Health said Wednesday that the contract is expected to be finalized soon and that the transition will oversight will take several weeks. And once again, private industry and the free market will do things better than the government ever could especially the bloated red tape bureaucracy that is California. I always find it entertaining when I play Fallout, especially Fallout New Vegas, because of how far along society's come by the time Fallout New Vegas happens in the canon of the Fallout universe. Because at that point, the new California Republic is a full-fledged nation, full of bloated red tape bureaucracy, just like California was in the old world, just like California is in the real world. So they didn't change anything when they made the new California Republic. In fact, according to Fallout, they might have made it worse. Too much expansion. 
too much red tape, too much bureaucracy, and too many people at the top getting way too rich. Just like now. All right, from the blaze. Elephant Man, we covered that at the top of the show. From the blaze, the largest uh, biotech company in the world offered to run coronavirus testing sites, but U.S. intelligence said it was a Chinese plot to collect DNA. From Carlos Garcia, an offer from the largest biotech company in the world to build and run coronavirus testing sites in the U.S. was actually a Chinese scheme to collect Americans' DNA, according to U.S. intelligence officials. The covert effort was thwarted thanks to a rare public warning issued by Bill Evanina, the country's top counterintelligence officer at the time. Foreign powers can collect, store, and exploit biometric information from COVID tests, read the statement issued by Evanina. A CBS report said the BGI group made the offer to Washington State, California, New York, and at least two other states. The offer was made as soon as the first major coronavirus outbreak appeared in the United States. Evanina, a veteran of the CIA and the FBI, told CBS that he believed the Chinese government was engaged in a concerted effort to collect DNA in order to gain an edge on medical advancements. This shows the nefarious mindset of the Communist Party in China to take advantage of a worldwide crisis like COVID. That they probably set off. Wow. Chemicals in the water, I'm telling you. Okay, turn to the freaking frogs game. Evanina said that he believed Chinese companies were investing in the U.S. biotech companies as a part of their effort to collect American DNA. He said that some people may be submitting their DNA for analysis to genealogical companies that partner with Chinese companies, too. Yeah, you wonder why I've never done a 23andMe? That's why. If you want my DNA, you're going to need to get a warrant. The military has already sent a warning to service members against using direct-to-consumer genealogy companies over similar concerns. These genetic tests are largely unregulated and could expose personal and genetic information, read the warning. Outside parties are exploiting the use of genetic data, including, by the way, the United States government and state and local governments as well. You know the detective agencies and the police departments are looking to see if somebody's DNA is in a 23andMe because then they can use it to try and match you for something that you may have, a crime you may have committed and not even known about it. Remember, we commit an average of three felonies a day and most of us don't even know it because we have that many laws on the books. Evanina has stepped down from his position but says that the threat from Chinese DNA collection persists. So, when you go get your COVID test, keep that in mind. All right. From Kiro 7. Protesters clash with police in Bellingham. Homeless, uh, homeless encampment cleared. Bellingham brought out a massive police response on Thursday as the city moved to clear out a homeless camp outside the city hall. A day earlier than planned. Protesters showed up and tried to stop the police. They held up pallets and formed a human barricade, standing right up against the line of officers. We need more bodies, a group shouted at one point. Police ended up arresting four protesters for assaulting officers and disorderly conduct. Mayor Seth Fleetwood said the camp has been a source of trouble for months. We have seen tensions rise and an increase in violence, threats to people who walk by. 
mental health episodes, likely drug transactions, and other criminal behavior, Fleetwood said. During the process of posting notices, Bellingham Public Works employees were harassed, chased, and a person from the encampment tried to jump into their vehicle, presumably to steal it. And keep them from posting signs and doing their jobs, said Bellingham Police Chief Flo Simon. Some people who live in the area were upset about the city's response, especially by the size of the police response. I feel troubled about it, said Aidan Ellsworth, a student at Western Washington University. Why are there armed guards? Why are there people on the roofs? No one is starting violence, he said. Right, but they're not politically convenient anymore. The protests are not politically convenient, so now they have to stop. Because this can't be Biden's America. Remember? You can't make Trump be right because he said, This this is what you're going to see, okay? You're going to see all this all the time under Biden's America, okay? And they're not going to let it happen. They're, they're not going to let him stop it, okay? I want law and order. And I want that in all caps, okay, you guys? But others said the protesters had gone too far. Jacqueline Reed, a Bellingham resident, said she was homeless for a few months in 2020. It's just not a good thing right now. It's not helping anyone's case, Reed said. Yeah, there's a homeless problem. But they could have handled it so much better, the protesters and even the homeless people, she said. The city was supposed to clear out the camp by Friday, January 29th, but Fleetwood said the authorized the cleanup a day early because the city received credible information that the effort would be the target of agitators and groups known to have a history of confrontation had put out a call together. That means Antifa was organizing on Twitter. Some of the groups coming out here claimed to be from Antifa, and they were calling for groups all the way from Portland to come to Bellingham and disrupt the cleanup. That was to occur, Simon said. Last Friday, January 22nd, a group of protesters showed up to protest and caused trouble in response to the city, asking campers to move 25 feet away from the city and county buildings. Yeah. So, all your protests, they're all going to start going away. And the news isn't going to cover them. I'm going to try and find as many of them as I can, but the news is going to be harder and harder to cover. But that's also part of the reason. Whenever I can, like I know you guys see me use national news sources all the time, the Daily Wire, CBS, CNN, Fox, Hill, stuff like that. But whenever I can, I always try to find the local article, especially when it's happening outside of the government. I try to find the local article, like in this one, because this KIRO7, um, that's the local affiliate over in Portland. So, yeah. Because the mainstream news isn't going to cover this. Because this is Biden's America. And it's peaceful. We're going to have unity and peace, okay, man? And everybody gets to rub down my hairy legs. All right, from CNN. Pakistan's top court rules to free men previously convicted of kidnapping and murdering Daniel Pearl. From Sophia Saifi. Pakistan's Supreme Court has ruled that four men convicted of kidnapping and murdering American journalist Daniel Pearl should go free. A move described by the White House as an affront to terrorism victims everywhere. Pearl was working as a South Asia bureau chief of Wall Street Journal in 2002 when he was kidnapped in the South Pakistani city of Karachi while reporting on Richard Reed, the British terrorist known as the Shoe Bomber. Who throws a shoe? Seriously! 
The high-profile abduction drew international attention amid growing concern over the threat posed by radical Islamic terrorism. Assailants later filmed Pearl's beheading and sent it to the United States officials, and on YouTube, by the way. It was among the first propaganda videos targeting hostages created by extremists and helped to inspire other terror groups to film horrific and egregious acts of violence. Four men were arrested in 02 and convicted of the kidnap and murder of Pearl. One British national, Ahmed Omar Saheed Sheikh, was given the death penalty. But in April last year, a high court in the Sin province, where Karachi is located, re-examined the case after it was revealed that investigators did not follow lawful interrogation procedures. Citing insufficient evidence, inconsistencies in police accounts, and forced confessions, the Sindh Court overturned all four men's murder convictions, concluding that no evidence had been brought on record by the prosecutor to link any of the appellants to the murder of Pearl. Only Sheik's conviction of abduction still stands, though the accompanying seven-year sentence means he is already eligible for release on time served. So, they kill an American, they go free, but... I guess, according to the appeal, they weren't able to be proven guilty. Now, I don't know if the full details around this. I mean, if if they show themselves beheading the dude in the video, I don't know where the appeals court can do this, but hey, you know what? That's over there. They can run their courts however they want to. And if we get our troops out of there... Then they could run their courts however they want to, and it wouldn't affect any of us over here. Alright, last one that I have here. We're going to end this on some good news, and then we'll read the names of everybody who chatted throughout the week. Which you guys have been pretty busy this week, and I'm very appreciative of. But before we do that, we've got to read from NPR. First private crew will visit space station. The price tag. $55 million each. Which would be almost enough to run NPR. So get your donations in because they need those $55 million so the people of NPR can be the ones who go up onto the International Space Station. Don't you want to have NPR from space? Don't you want to have these calm, dulcet tones coming up from space? This is from Bill Chappelle. A crew of private astronauts will pay around $55 million each to spend about eight days at the International Space Station next January in what would be a new step for joint private-public space commissions. Axiom Space, a Houston company, says the trip would be led by former NASA astronaut and space station commander Michael Lopez Alegria. The proposed AX-1 mission will use a SpaceX rocket to put three paying customers, American Larry Connor, Canadian Mark Pathy, and Israeli Itan Stibby into low Earth orbit on the space station. All of the trio are wealthy entrepreneurs and investors. The group will be under the command of Lopez Alegria, who is now an executive at Axiom. It would be the first time an entirely private mission sends astronauts to the International Space Station. Russia sold the first ride to the station to a private citizen, American businessman Dennis Tito, in 2001. All the private astronauts for the upcoming mission are far older than the average NASA astronaut's age of 34. The space agency does not have age restrictions for astronaut candidates who generally range from 26 to 46. At 70, Connor is surpassed in age only by John Glenn, who flew to uh, the space shuttle when he was 77. 
under NASA's rules for private astronaut missions. Axiom must ensure that its astronauts meet the space agency's medical standards. They must undergo training and certification uh, procedures required for crew members of the International Space Station. While the paying customers represent a new era of space tourism, they will also perform research at the space uh, as the space station whizzes over the Earth. Connor will work with the Mayo Clinic and Cleveland Clinic on research projects, Axiom says, while Pathy will collaborate with the Canadian Space Agency and Montreal Children's Hospital, Stibby plans to do experiments for Israeli researchers working with the Ramon Foundation and Israel's Space Agency. So, there you go. You guys and your ability to go to space and see how globular the Earth actually is just got one step closer. Now, yes, that's going to be outside of price point for now. But what do we know about technology? As it goes on, it keeps getting cheaper and cheaper. So we'll see what happens from this. We'll see what happens there. And we will see where this all winds up going. Uh, the space uh, agency has a plan to recoup the steep costs of a private citizen visiting the space station. Its pricing policy lists expenses such as daily fee of 11250 per person for regenerative life support and toilet and 22500 per person for crew supplies such as food and air. The price sheet also includes a data plan priced at $50 per gigabyte. Not exactly cost effective for now, but, you know, once again, every trip they learn a little bit more. And they can make this easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper. Let's get into the live chat, you guys. So, the last thing we do on Friday is a special thank you to everybody who chatted in the live chat throughout the week here. And a special run through the live chat through today as well. Remember, if you get a message in there and it is sufficiently stupid, it will get read on the air because it will raise the intellectual level of this program. On Monday, we had Ron Helton. Silentcaster, Linda Cloud, Chilaga, 1984, might be wrong. Giles Corey, 1692, over on the Twitch side. Boning Chicks, love that name, by the way, that's hilarious. Bunyip Bob, Gibrecken, and over on Trovo, we had Hashi Bong Mix, which I very much enjoyed, by the way, that was funny. On Tuesday, we had our friend Nailbender, who looks like I uh, will probably be helping me build a Gilded server for the community. If you guys haven't used Gilded, start looking into that because I will be building a uh, server for the community over there. Looking forward to seeing some of you guys over there. I know, I know it's another social media, but I mean, Discord is compromised at this point. They can shut you down for anything. They, they took the Wall Street Bets Discord and shut it down because... There was anti-Semitism, and they were saying the N-word, and hate speech, and, and slurs, and this and that, and the next thing. And then I looked in the meme competition over on my Discord and said, Well, we're fucked. So, we also had Chilaga1984, Ron Helton, Quest Fanning, Alan Lewis Jewin, who I haven't seen for a while. The RRC came in and threw some stickers around, and I think he hosted us toward the end of the show, too. So thank you for that. The R-rated conservative will be on across the board this weekend. We had silent caster Maddie the News Chick was in here. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Stephen Ignoramus came in. He hosted as well. And over on Trouble, we had First Commandment. Thank you for joining us over there. By the way, we are over on Trovo as well. So 
On Wednesday, we had Ron Helton, Chilaga, 1984, Quest Fanning came in and hung out with us. Nailbender was here. Silentcaster was here. I had a Marjorie Snowy who asked if I was a Biden or Trump supporter, and I will. I was glad to say neither. I voted for Trump, but that was kicking and screaming. I would not call myself a Trump supporter. I would call myself a Trump acceptor, not supporter. And we closed out Wednesday with alt-right, apparently. On Thursday, we had Silentcaster, Chilaga 1984, Nailbender. Marie Pinter was in here briefly. Flancorp, our resident progressive, came in and brought up the progressivism and brought us just back a little bit more to the left over there. Ron Helton was here. G.R. Panth was here. And Sofros Creek wanted to know if this shit was live or pre-recorded. This is live. All right. That's it for the week here. Over on Trovo, we have Ron Helton is over here. We had, oh, Hashi Bongrex was over here yesterday. Ron Helton is here. Live, ad reads and comments the headlines. Not much interaction with chat in the morning. Usually for the evening shows. Yep, I'm just working on getting through the headlines and getting out to work. Ron Helton dropped Reddit the first day after he signed up. Shapiro's a neocon, never one of us. Want to see live fist fights on the floor and cage fights. Defensively, of course. What do we have over here today? It's been, it looks like it was a little bit of a slow day up right until the end. So, But now you guys picked up, which I love. I love to see here. Ron Helton is here with the stickers right off. Looks like he got the Joe and Kamala stickers like he promised he was going to. That's Susan Bate. I can't read that one on the air. Sorry, Ron. If you can't hold it or mold it, you should have already sold it. Nailbender always lurks. Uh, Ron Helton has got the thumbs up. Chilaga says classic line from Rob. Sage advice. Ron, sorry. Uh, hit the wrong keys as well. What do they call their system? Reputation score or something along those lines? Not in those kids. Well, it's probably the same as a social credit score. Got the coup, or is that a nasty cold? Nah, just a little bit of a runny nose this morning, because it's been below zero for the uh, below freezing rather for the last couple days up here. Let's see. Chilaga says Shapiro sucks. My first thought after hearing about GameStop was there's gonna be they're gonna plug the plug on the internet. It's gotten away from them. Right, so they couldn't have pulled the scandemic off without internet access. Makes me question the timing. Five years ago, this couldn't have happened. A lot less people had the internet access five years ago. If they'd waited another five years, the entire planet would be hooked up to the internet by satellites that are now being launched by Swarm Technologies. A guy I follow on YouTube was tinkering with his drone that he got for Christmas. It has a follow function. Set it on a target and will keep the target centered in the camera and follow. Well, that's Orwellian. Y'all have to look into Swarm Technologies, too. I had some crypto on the site that has since gone defunct. It wasn't much, but I had not checked in a while, and it went out of business. Let's see, what else do we have here?
There will be unity, goddammit. I'm going to be the most unifying president, meaning everybody's going to be unified in how much they hate me and my vice president. That's, that's been the scariest thing is we, we have unity in this country, but it's unity against the president. Who everybody, except for the most hardcore neoliberals, hates. Oh, let's see, what else do we got here? Fuck Harvard, uh, pretentious jackasses. Yeah, Ron points it out. The executive orders are only for the agencies that fall under the guise of the presidents. They're not legal orders to the rest of us. That's that's true. Like I said, it's the executive orders are how they execute the laws that the Congress passes. They're not supposed to be laws in and of themselves. But somehow, some way, I believe it was under Clinton, they became laws in and of themselves. <gasps> Excuse me. I want the government so dissfunctional that they decide to dissolve, dissolve and go home. But walls don't work. Exactly. That's a great one right there, Chilaga. Yeah, they want to put the fencing around the White House, but walls don't work. Fortress DC just in time for the breakup of the syndicate. Elephant Man is here, says fuck D-Live. Yeah, um, we're going to Trovo at this point, I think. I want to see if I can monetize that as well at some point, so... You guys want to trovo.tv slash jedgar101. It's going to be the Trovo. Oh, that just kicked me down to the bottom. Let's see, where were we? Uh, Mar uh, Marty is in here over on Periscope, which is going away, I believe, at the end of this month. Cheney has the ner nerve to say anything. Her father helped bring us into two bogus wars. Fact check, true. Sorry for the fact that it probably looked like everyone was ignoring you, Marty, but uh, yeah, for whatever reason, the Restream bot only goes one direction on Periscope. It doesn't go the other. I'm hoping they fix that when they switch to Twitch Live, or Twitter Live, rather. But I will be looking into that after the switch. I was going to look into that before the switch, but they're making Periscope go away, so we'll look into that after they switch over. Uh, so he rifter says, can you post the link into the chat? I don't know what link you're looking for, but, uh, I mean, you can post the link in the chat. The restream robot will, uh, I'm sorry, not the restream robot, but, uh, the Nightbot will kick it back out. However, I can still see it on this program and I can repost it. Thank you. So he rifter. Ron Helton says, who says that all these social media platforms are not working hand in hand? This stream is not even controversial or involved in the overthrow of the mafia government, and we are demonetized. Yeah, everybody was demonetized, except for Marfugel. Did someone's feels get hurt on DLive? Well, and I, when I first uh, saw the X tag pop up on my stream back during the summer, I also noticed the fact that, uh, um, DLive was suppressing outreach on streams that were marked as news. Because that's what I used to categorize my show as, it was news. That You'll notice if you're over on DLive, it's categorized as podcast right now for a reason. Because they were, they were, they were suppressing news categories 
all news categories because people like Owen Benjamin were going off and spreading hate speech on the platform as news. So I switched it to podcasts, and I seem to get a little bit more outreach because of it. And now we're back and looking into this, and now they're suppressing anybody who, like, they've manually gone through and figured out who does news and who doesn't news. They gave us the X tag, and now we're all demonetized. I'm still not monetized. The RRC is considering doing a class action against DLive because there were people who were making bank off of DLive. Now, I'm not. I made like 40 bucks off of it. But yeah, I mean, that's loss of income to me. And yes, to come in on the class action to help other people who have actually been making bank take down a company who has decided just on a whim that they're not allowed to do anything. No, that's fucking bullshit. Uh, Chilaga says, Normies like foreign governments could hurt their people, but that would never happen here. Cuomo, Alpha Man can't donate the lemons that he purchased. Yeah, that's the other thing. You purchase the lemons because you want to invest in your creators. So you've given money to DLive that they will once again skim right back up off the top. And they'll take a skim off the top when I go to cash out too, by the way. So there, it's a it's a gigantic Ponzi scheme what DLive is, but yeah, you're stealing money from people who put money into you on the promise that they could turn around and give it to their favorite creators. Anybody knows what happens when a people cannot even complain about the government or have the government hear their complaints? Defensively, of course, Susan. You have all the news organizations and all the social media platforms gaslight us for four years about Russia stealing an election. Big lie. And then tell everyone that the Democrats did not steal this election. Then you say, then you know that they stole this election. Yeah. This was all a TV show. Yep, The Federal Apprentice. It's statistically improbable that there were that many Americans who even voted and definitely an insane idea that that many voted for Biden. Well, he's the most popular president ever, don't you know that? We had the same problem when JFK was elected, but because there was no internet or ability for mass communication, they were able to get away with stealing that election, except for it was completely above board and nobody ever happened. No, nothing bad ever happened off of this. And JFK was an okay guy, too. Wall Street Bets is moving on Dogecoin now. Anybody know why? For the meme. For the meme, that's the exact reason they're doing it. I'm going to buy into Dogecoin, I think, a little bit later. At 17 cents a share, or a coin rather, if I throw 20 bucks on it and it crashes, I'm out 20 bucks and that's it. But if I throw 20 bucks at it and it takes off, fuck, I'm rich on 20 bucks. It was fully revealed in the biography of JFK's dad. We suspected it back then. People talk, but no solid proof. Seawall's here with the half-track. We ride! Do you know how to load an 8.8-centimeter cannon? We ride! Um, Elephant Man says, Message to the millionaires and billionaires. The millionaires and the billionaires, okay? You will own nothing, and you will be happy, but I will own pudding cups. And three houses, okay? Unless they're part of the inner circle. This will be like another Titanic moment. 
We have a nation to save. Seawall is out to save the nation. Nephilim is here at the very end. Welcome on in, Nephilim. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Trump was just another president on policy, but the trolling and unveiling of the machinery was the next level. Yes, it was. There's the trouble link. Ron says, was hoping Trump could stay in and do minimal harm until the Rand Massey ran to whittle it all down. Uh, Alpha Man says, executive orders work like laws due to the massive amount of laws on the books. And that's it. So, we will be back here tomorrow, 5.30 Central Time for Across the Board with the R-rated conservative. Savage, KCK89 over on Twitter, which I don't know what her credentials are at this point, but she will be joining us tomorrow. Mr. Behavior will make his across-the-board premiere, and we will have returning guest Angela Ramirez as we talk about what it is that we are going to do for the next four years. Under a Biden presidency, I'm going to tell you right now, the events of this past week are probably going to change this show a lot, and I'm almost glad that we waited a week to do this. Now, yes, I would have liked to see this happen on the very, very first week of the Biden presidency, but scheduling conflicts came into play. However, now we're sitting here. Now we're ready to go. And there's a lot of shit to see. So we'll be back here. Monologue starts at 5.30. Guests come on at 6. Those times are in Central Time. Looking forward to that. And we will check live chat at the end of the show. Hopefully the guests can stick around for the entire live chat. But if they can't, then we understand as well. But go ahead and check us out tomorrow. Otherwise, Monday morning brings us another contemporary and whatever news they try to jam in over the weekend because you know there's going to be a lot of it. They've got to keep getting those news ratings here. So look forward to that. And Monday night is the Red Net Show where we're going to spend a lot of time talking more about this GameStop thing and what this means coming forward here. A big part of the unity in the country is the fact that nobody can stand the elites and... Now we've found a way to attack back at them directly. Looking forward to seeing you guys here on Monday or Saturday for whatever shows come up here. And until then, as always, I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary.